You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. This week, Pastor Josh preached on the seventh commandment, do not commit adultery. We know this is a heavy topic because it's so prevalent, not only in the world around us, but even within the church. On today's episode, we talk about what adultery really is and the effect it has on those around us, our spouses, our kids, and even what it communicates to our larger communities. We revisit Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus talks about the lengths we should go to in order to keep ourselves from sin. Finally, we hear from Preston Crow, our resident counselor, how someone currently involved in adultery and feeling convicted might confess this to their spouse and to others in healthy ways. Also, what a person who has been affected by someone else's adultery might do to cope and heal. We're glad you've decided to join us today and hope you find this conversation helpful. This is After the Message. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Everybody doing okay? Great, buddy. Yes. Just finished up lunch. It was delicious. Yes. Yeah, what did you have? Uh, I had an avocado chicken salad from mm. Schlotzky's. Oh. Mm. Delicious. All right. I had that. It is good. I had the Jason's Deli salad today for the first time. That's right. Jason's uh, Deli really opened. Good. Yeah. I haven't we both been there. Jason's we ordered we it in. Here. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. What'd you have? Uh, the chef. The big chef. Mm. I had the Mediterranean bowl. Mm. It was good. Mine What's with all the awesome. salads? I had a protein bowl. We're all fat. Like, well, we're getting fat and old. It's time to start eating salads. Need to go home and eat Oreos later. Yeah, yeah. Last last, last week we were eating Oreos on the podcast. Yeah, I was saving my salad. calories ah, for night. Knew I should have been here last week. Yeah, <laughs> I know you missed it, man. I did. It was a, it was a good day. It's okay. I've eaten enough king cake over the last. Hey, man. I got a body by king oh, cake. Oh goodness. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for those who are listening t- today, uh, I'm Mike Haight, and uh, we've got some others in the room today. We got Preston Crow. We got Josh Braddy, Mark Evans, Jay Fletcher, and Chase Hammock. Chase. So, um, got a got a good, uh, I think, some good discussion today. Uh, maybe some heavy discussion because uh, I know that uh, you know we we were in the seventh commandment Sunday uh, about uh, not mm. committing adultery, and so um, Josh, you you said that you know when you got in the pulpit, you said that this was. This was something that felt really, really heavy to you, even more so than than the other commands mm-hmm. that you've preached on thus far. Can you talk to us about why? Yeah, um, I think primarily because I, I see faces and I hear stories and and I, I see families attached to mm-hmm. um, the brokenness that that fo- that is the fallout of mm-hmm. of breaking this commandment. Um, and and I said on Sunday. Um, it's not like people aren't not honoring their mother and father, and it's not like people aren't stealing. Uh, like, like all of these things still happen, but it seems that this one in our culture, uh, in some ways, and this is strange, but in some ways it feels like it has become such a common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so common, in fact, that it's almost a this is just what happens thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when, you, when you understand rightly God's law, particularly the seventh commandment, you understand that it should not be a common mm-hmm. thing. And in those two worlds coming together, a, a culture and a, and a world that we live in, that this has become all too common and a word that is uncompromising coming together in a clash mm-hmm. um, and knowing um, it's not 
I have no problem preaching hard messages. I have no problem preaching the text because it's the Bible, and that's what we get right. to do. Uh, hardly ever do I say, this is what I think, and, and you should do what I think. It's always the Bible. Um, but I think what made it so heavy is I knew the clash would have incredible ramifications for mm-hmm. people that I love dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think ultimately those are going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't negate the fact that, that before they can be good, they have to be hard yeah. um, mm-hmm. and, and either decided to, yeah, I'm going to do something about it or not. Yeah. Um, and that's the decision we put before our people. Yes. Well, and I think it's interesting too that I mean, just that weight that you felt because of the, the people attached to it. Because uh, Mark, you mentioned something when we were talking before the podcast, just about uh, how this. Uh, it may have been a discussion in, in one of the life groups you were mm-hmm. in, but uh, just about how we we tend to think of this as a problem that's mm. out, out there, there wherever <laughs> out there is. Right. But uh, man, it, it's 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 all up within. All of us, mm-hmm. every life group, every small group, you know, all throughout that worship service, mm-hmm. and and because of the way you ended up defining it, we all sit there mm-hmm. in our brokenness. That's right. And 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 I think what what made this one feel heavy for me too, and I could feel it for you, is that there's so much emotional pain wrapped up, absolutely, in adultery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whether it's you know, adultery of the mind, the way Jesus talks about, or actual adultery, mm-hmm. it causes so much hurt. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look out there, there are so many people who have been through the weighty pain mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. impacted yeah. by that. And there's right. a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. You know, That's right. Yeah. It certainly affects the marriage, but then you, you children, look at children, you look at friends, right? Other mm-hmm. family members. Yeah. Uh, there's a huge ripple effect. Yeah. yeah. I made my way through the commons area after the service was over with, and. It was weighty, but mm-hmm. there was not the normal high activity. It was it was you, people were was wrestling, mm-hmm. and it, it was it was heavy for mm-hmm. them as they mm-hmm. walked through, got a cup of coffee, moved on toward life group. And of course, we know if you know visiting around in some of the life groups, it was heavy there. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know here we are Tuesday afternoon, and there are people still out there processing this, mm-hmm. and that's good. That, that is, good. That is a lot excellent. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, there were so many quotes and things you said in the message that uh, I think would be worth us sort of pointing out and talking through. Um, but, you know, since it was just kind of came up in, in one of the comments just a minute ago, um, I mean, you did spend some time talking about the messages that are sent to our families mm-hmm. um, and others who are in our lives and, and not just our families, but like, you know, our neighbors and, right. mm-hmm. uh, and the world around us when we... Uh, you know, when that's a part of our story. Um, yeah. And that, and that felt like a really, really, again, it's, it was a heavy, right. heavy thing. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Mark. Well, I think when, when you talked about marriage um, being the covenant mm-hmm. and it, the principle driving this is God's faithfulness, I think that's is right. what you said. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we get married, when two believers get married, what you are proclaiming to the world around you is we're, we're trying to model the covenant relationship between God and his people. That's right. We're demonstrating his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I go into that, and I think you do too, when I do weddings, really try to press into this. You're a walking billboard at this point That's of right. mm-hmm. the covenant relationship. That's right. You, you are demonstrating to everybody out there, this is how God loves. Now, we're going to do it poorly sure but what we're trying to, to to display to the world is how god has this covenant unconditional love and so when we mm-hmm. 
when we uphold marriage, we're upholding his faithfulness. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, that's right. It's not it's not just a man made institution. It's no, a God ordained thing. That's exactly right. And and if you were to do a little bit more Old Testament study on marriage and, and the breaking of the covenant, mm-hmm. that's punishable by death. Mm-hmm. That that and and I think that's that's part of the the diving board that that we took for Sunday. Of okay, what is so important about mm-hmm. this this command? That is punishable by death because the other ones aren't like you had to pay a fee or you would be held accountable. But this one is you die Mm -hmm. and the person that you were with dies with you because at the end of the day, it is saying God Mm -hmm. is unfaithful. Mm -hmm. And that is what we were declaring with the the very thing God gave us to be most clear with. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and, in our wickedness and our evilness, we think, and this is what the enemy wants us to think, even still today. That none of those things matter. It's just us getting what we want, man. Right. Maybe maybe we're not getting what we want at home or quote unquote need at home. So I'm gonna step out and I'm gonna go find it somewhere mm-hmm. else. Well, that that's an egregious offense to God mm-hmm. because we are to be faithful when everybody's looking and when nobody's looking mm-hmm. because that's what God is. Right. That God is going to be loving towards us when we're on our best day and worst when we have everything and when we don't. That is the picture of marriage, and that's why it is to be held in the highest of, of regard. Let's go. Yeah, and I'm mm. so glad you started with that because if not, there's still emotional pain and relational pain and all the things that go on with adultery. But if we miss the fact that this part of why he's talking about not breaking this vow is because it's a vow to represent something deeper. If we mm-hmm. miss that part of it, then we can lose sight of where where all this started. That's right. And our witness to others, our That's witness right. to others. And I, I know sometimes when I do a wedding, I will talk about you're not just here as a spectator. You're here as a witness to what's going on. You're That's a participant right. in this ceremony, not just on this day, but because you're a participant on it now, you are part of this marriage mm-hmm. moving forward. Mm-hmm. There, there was a part of me in my, my writing of the sermon um, – because it was weighty, and I thought maybe if we could interject a little bit more levity or, or comedy into it, it, it may be a little more palatable. I'm glad I didn't, but there was a part of me that that wanted to bring up a scenario that if you were ever at a wedding and the minister stands up and says, hey, you're going to love this person until they get old. Uh, and then when they get old, you're going to go find somebody else. Uh, no, you're going to love this person right. until their next paycheck fails or right. until their card is declined. Right. Then you can go and find somebody else. Like in the audience, you would be appalled mm, at yeah. hearing that right. Right. And, and almost not be able to stand being around that, and you would walk out. Mm. Um, and essentially, that, that is mm-hmm. what, we, what we are doing mm-hmm. whenever we are around people and, and we don't hold it, whether you are the person in the covenant or the person witnessing the covenant, right. and we don't call mm. each other to accountability in the breaking of, or at least in the uh, being so flippant with that right. covenant. Um, Great picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and I love that you you pulled us into, you pulled us out of Exodus and into Matthew 5. And, uh, you know, and because and, and, we, of course, we think about uh, adultery as, you know, um, and you gave two definitions, which that was helpful too. We could talk about that. Sure. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, we tend to think of it as, you know, a, a physical act, but but in the in Matthew 5, you know, it talks about, well, hey, you know, it's not just that. If you looked if at you, a woman lustfully. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think, you know, if you could, if you were sitting there on Sunday and thought, oh, well, I'm... <laughs> I'm okay. I've never committed <laughs> Not adultery. Not for me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then so it's, it's ouch. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, 
And then sometimes you read Matthew 5, uh, independent of what version you read out of, because it, it sounds like it's a, it's a male-driven command, as if that the male is the only one who could commit adultery. Uh, you know, if you look at a woman lustfully, then, then you've committed adultery with her in your heart. Mm-hmm. But really, the command is, is for both genders. Mm-hmm. It is, if you've looked at a person lustfully with lustful intent, mm-hmm. um, that, that is, uh, I, I, I see them, I want them, and I'm going to have them. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's physically, uh, and you're, you're, you know, it's, the, um, it's David and Bathsheba. Yeah. He goes out walking. He sees her. Uh, and again, I think if, if we were to parse out the sin here, I don't think it was sinful for him to see her. Yeah. I think his sin started prior. If we're talking about David, yeah. he should have been at war right? because mm-hmm. it says when king should be at war, he right. wasn't. He sees her. That's not the sin. We, we can look at people and say, wow, they're attractive or yeah. wow, they're beautiful. And, and that's not the sinfulness. But it's when, when that gives birth to, I'm going to have her. That's right. mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take her, whether that is going to be in the physical sense, as David did, right. or in the mental sense, as yeah. Jesus is pointing out, that you may have physically not touched her or him, mm-hmm. but in your mind, you have touched him and her mm-hmm. all day Absolutely. long in many different ways. Yeah. And what Jesus says is, God knows your heart, and that is just mm-hmm. as wicked and broken mm-hmm. as if you were to physically go and yeah. take them. I had a, a co-counselor years ago that used the phrase, when wow becomes how, mm. like you know, Come to on. see someone mm-hmm. and be like, wow, that's a, a pretty person, right? But to move from that to how can I get a little closer, how can yes. I get to know them, how can I get another view, mm-hmm. uh, that's when it actually crosses over. Into I would have certainly yeah, used that if I'd have known that's, that. That was good. <laughs> and, you know, there's I, I don't remember the exact uh, location in James, but James lays out a progression of sin. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, that's where my mind went when you yeah. were kind of laying all that out. And it's very clear, you know, it starts with, you know, that glance and then it, mm-hmm. there's a plan in place to make it happen. And then the sin is, is, is I mean, it gives birth to mm-hmm. death uh, at that point. So probably need to look that up and uh, give that reference here. Yeah. About <laughs> Put it that. in the show notes. Preston's yes. on it. <laughs> we're showing you need him. I I actually was looking it up because I had a note from another speaker from a guy that came and and spoke years ago at another place, and uh, he talked about it as it's in James chapter 1, and it starts around verse 13, but he talked about it as... Uh, if you are the winner in the race, it's it's there's bait and there's burn within you, but mm. you bolt and you are blessed. Sounds like a Baptist. If yeah. you don't lose it, yeah. If you don't, <laughs> if you lose, there's still the bait and still the burn, but then you bite and you are baked. Wow. <laughs> that's wow. That's some good alliteration right there. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So that reads, uh, so it's James 1, uh, verse 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot tempt with evil, and he himself tempts no one. In verse 14, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is. So you you also uh, in in Matthew five, uh, uh, Josh, you 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 went to the passage where it talks about if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away, um, and if your your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. You know, and so um, I, I think there are a couple couple questions we could ask about this. Uh, Preston, you had one uh, I think earlier just about how would the Early church. I mean, if people who are, yeah. who are first, actually first people to hear Jesus that. Are, are they hearing that yeah. and interpreting that as well? That's a metaphor. Are they hearing that and going, "Man, this dude is like mm. extreme, s- extreme." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. How, how would they have heard it, Josh? Yeah. So, well, it, number one, this is Sermon on the Mount. Yep. So that's Matthew five, six, and seven. Uh, and Jesus is speaking. It's probably his most 
clear and certainly his most famous sermon, uh, but in a way that he's, he's probably preaching. Uh, and this would be different than teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there is a distinction between the two. Teaching would be, hey, here, here is uh, what God says, and, and here is what you should do about it. And so I'm, I'm teaching you to understand who God is, what God is like, and who are we as his people going to follow that. Preaching is the sense that we should be painting pictures with our words to help the, the hearers understand the totality of the commands that God has given. So we know on Sermon on the Mount, it's about life. The Christian mm-hmm. life, or what will soon be the Christian life, mm-hmm. as people are going to be following Jesus and what it's going to look like. So we get here, and and he's talking about sin, and and talking necessarily about adultery here, but but how sin is 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 something that is egregious. And if you go all the way to the end, I think the the most um, inflammatory part of this isn't the cutting off the hand or the plucking out the eye. It is the whole body going to hell, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so for them to hear that, like, whoa, what? Yeah. who's going to hell? What are right. we talking about here? Because if, again, we're not, this isn't the Sermon on the, 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 sermon on the Mount, uh, but the idea of hell for them is in many ways brand new at this point. Um, because if you read hell into the Old Testament, uh, it is understood way differently than we understand it today mm-hmm. in the way that New Testament Christians would have understood it. So when Jesus speaks to this, this place that is uh, a, pl- a dump, right? Sheol, the, the mm-hmm. place of the dead or the place, uh, the, the city garbage heap. Essentially, um, this is what your life will amount to, mm-hmm. okay? And so what he's saying is if if you continue in this sin, if you continue uh, in James' progression, if, mm-hmm. if, if this has given birth to sin and sin to death, this is where it's going to end up. So at all cost, mm. don't go there. Mm-hmm. At all cost, whatever it's going to take, don't, don't be in this sin. Don't, don't be separated from God's presence. Don't, don't be thrown into this place that, that is so awful. Instead, do whatever it takes to, to fight it. And so he uses extreme examples mm-hmm. um, and, and hyperbole a little bit. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, truthfully, if your right hand is causing you to sin and there's no other way around it, would you rather go through life mm-hmm. with one one good hand and one hand missing and go to go to heaven mm-hmm. or two hands and go to hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same for your eye. I think the premise for us is still the same today. I don't think Jesus is advocating you cut off your hand or pluck mm-hmm. out your eye. But I do think it is just as serious yeah. mm-hmm. that if, if we are looking at the, the sin of adultery here and you say, and if, if James is right, there's desires in our heart. We, uh, as, as, as sexual beings, we, we are sexual beings. And, and, and thank God for faithfulness in our marriage if you are married in that way. And, and that is good. But, but what happens if there is a temptation outside your marriage? Mm. What are you supposed to do? Well, well, turn turn the eye. Well, sometimes that's easy because that person isn't anywhere in your sphere of everyday life. Mm-hmm. What if that person is around you all the time? Mm-hmm. What what if you and that person have a flirty relationship? What what then? Like at what cost should you should you flee from that? Mm-hmm. Jesus would say at all costs. All costs. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I, I made the mention in the sermon. If if it ever came down to it, and you say, well, I mean, at my job, there's no way around this. What should I do? Quit your job. Find a new job. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if I can find a new job as good as I have. I hear you. Mm-hmm. If you stay here and you're telling me you can't control yourself, that's right. Mm-hmm. Then you're about to lose everything else. That's right. That's right. And so, uh, yeah, which Go ahead. may lead to losing the job too. Yep. Man, I, I think that's right. Um, I'm going to say something, and I might have to take it back or let you correct me. <laughs> <laughs> but this okay, ought to be good. So if 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 I'm listening to that and I'm a believer, yeah, I hear that, and I'm like, well. I'm saved, so I'm not going to hell. Right. So I I don't need to cut off my hand. Yeah. Mm. And you under mm, 
not, I don't know what the word is. You minimize the weight of sin in that moment because you think I'm already a Christian. I'm going to hell. Mm -hmm. So I can commit adultery and I'm not going to go to hell. Right. Mm -hmm. I can just kind of get by with it. Yeah. I would say, going back to James, what's happening there is you're minimizing the weight and impact of mm -hmm. sin in your life. Mm -hmm. You're settling for, um, you're settling for something that's so destructive and so far from what God has promised you. And when you choose sin, you are choosing death. Right. Yeah. Even if it's just in your mind. Right. When you choose to to commit adultery in your mind. We minimize that as though that's not that big a deal. I'm a Christian. I'm going to hell. It's in my mind. It's not really affecting anybody. We, 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 we miss how weighty that is in our current relationships, what it's saying to our spouse, what it's saying to God. Because to both God and our spouse, like you said, mm -hmm. in that moment, we're saying, God, you're not sufficient. And spouse, you're not sufficient. Mm -hmm. That's right. And when you live in that, you, you can't dismiss and devalue the weight of living in that sin mm -hmm. of devaluing your wife and God day after day. That's yeah. right. You, you got to feel the weight to that, even though you may not go to hell, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're headed toward death yeah. in the sense of you're missing life in the way yeah. God intended. Yeah. yeah. But I, yes, a hundred percent agree. There you go. Correct I, me. I, no, I don't think it's a correction. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a nuance. I think as a Christian or someone who would call themselves a Christian and say that, if mm -hmm. you can continue in sin without conviction, mm -hmm. that would make me nervous of you being a Christian. That's right. Mm -hmm. right? That's right. I think I think Christians can live miserably, yeah. but the moment that you quit being miserable in your sin is mm -hmm. a is a moment I would be absolutely terrified mm -hmm. uh, about my salvation. That's right. Um, because I. I think we apply a Southern Baptist 100-year-old theology over the history of Christianity and what Jesus speaks. If you said a prayer, then you're fine. That's right. Mm. So as long as you said a prayer when you were six years old, you can sin however you want. You're still going to be fine and go to heaven because right. you said that prayer. Mm -hmm. well, that's not true. Right. right. Because Christianity is an allegiance to Christ, mm. and, and, a, and we say that we are going to die to self every day. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I'm going to take up my cross daily. And follow him. That's right. And so this is a daily dependence upon him. So yeah. if you ever find yourself mm. in a daily non-dependence on Christ, and it's right. all about you and all that you want and all that you desire, be warned. You, yeah. I don't think you get a chance when you stand before the great, great white throne of judgment at the end of time and say, well, I mean, when I was six, Lord, I, I walked yeah. the aisle. What more do you want? Mm. Right. That's not biblical Christianity. You won't see that at all in the scripture. Right. right. And, and if we take hell more as that, that garbage dump, right, mm -hmm. on the edge of town, I don't know if, how many of you have been to like a third world country yep. and seen the garbage dump on the – it's yeah. not like we think of a landfill around here. It's not here, the Madison right? landfill. <laughs> uh, it is awful it's in awful. every way. And mm -hmm. I think of it's people burning, who smoldering. have walked through uh, adultery. That's good. And this is, this is often what they describe in their life. It's like my whole life – is turned upside down and it just feels like garbage. Like everything mm -hmm. just feels like garbage. Whether you are the offended or whether you are the offender. That's right. You know, if you're especially if you're walking with Christ, you're gonna feel that. But a lot of times life just kind of goes to that place mm -hmm. where That's everything right. is affected by it, relationship mm -hmm. with others is affected by it. So yeah, even if it's not a literal, you're gonna spend the rest of your life in hell as we think of it. I think we use the word living hell Mm -hmm. uh, in today's world That's uh, right. fairly often, and that would be a pretty good descriptor That's of right. where a lot of people find themselves when they've walked through this. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. Good word. 
So, um, so I mean, I feel like there's so so many things we could talk about, and and we could spend a lot of time. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, but, but we could spend. <laughs> That's a lot why of time. you're here is to manage. So time. yeah, maybe <laughs> um, help us out here. But I do want to get to 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 talking through maybe some practical things, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it's a good thing, Preston, that you're in the room because you're a counselor, man, and and this, you know, uh, I'm sure this is something that you 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 deal with from time to time. We do. Um, and so uh, first, let's talk about this for those those people. Uh, so we see in scripture where, you know, there are certain instances where divorce is permissible, right? Mm-hmm. Adultery is one mm-hmm. of those. That's right. Um, but does that mean that it's the best thing or mm-hmm. that your marriage is doomed if this is a part of the story yeah. in your yeah, marriage? That's a good question. I, and I think there's so many nuances in situations uh, where adultery happens that it's hard to kind of pinpoint one thing that's a, it's not a one size fits all. But I would say this. Uh, part of why it is accepted in that situation, I think, is because the damage is so great that many couples struggle to overcome it. Mm. Um, however, so I will say this, if that has been your story and maybe you have gotten a divorce because you were married to someone who committed adultery uh, and maybe they were unrepentant of it or may- maybe they weren't, maybe they did repent and you just, y'all couldn't bring it back together. This is, we know that that happens mm-hmm. and we know that that's hard. Um, I would say to the others who may be uh, adultery as something that has been part of a marriage and they think we can't keep this marriage together because adultery happened, that is not true in all cases. I've seen lots of couples um, who adultery has been a part of their marriage, but they have committed to, uh, in, in this case, repent, to turn away from that, and then to work on their marriage and to seek healing. And I've seen it happen. Um, hmm. And now there is a difference in seeking healing where your marriage actually becomes stronger and stronger and stronger over time and it's just staying right. together. Mm-hmm. Right. I've seen that as well, where people, that maybe there's adultery and they're just like, well, we're not going to get a divorce for financial reasons or kids or whatever, but they never really heal from it and they never really work on the marriage. I believe there's more. I believe when, when Jesus offers abundant life, he mm-hmm. offers it across the board, no matter what we have faced. And where adultery has happened and a couple will, will come together and work toward healing, I believe that God can provide it. Again, not a blanket statement. I, I get that there's lots and lots of nuances and situations, but mm. I would hate for someone to hear that and go, well, Jesus automatically meant if there's adultery, you should get a divorce because mm. that's not the right. that's good. That's right. not the intent. Mm-hmm. So, so let's say there's someone listening uh, now or someone who heard the message on Sunday and um, – and this is this is this is happening like right now, mm. um, and uh, whether it's it's uh, it's adultery with another person or it's pornography or, or some other uh, something like that, is there is there a best practice or uh, a healthy way, uh, a way that's maybe healthier than others, <laughs> to uh, confess that to a spouse, to your kids, mm. um, is is you know, yeah. how, what would you recommend for yeah. someone who, yeah. who maybe is struggling with this and feeling conviction? Yeah. Well, my first thought is don't do this alone um, because sometimes people feel conviction and their thought is, well, I, I need to immediately, without any thought, go and confess this thing. Uh, I don't think that's always the best approach. I, I think sometimes we have to receive mm-hmm. the conviction of the Holy Spirit and then we have to prayerfully ask God, 
how do we move forward with this? So, for instance, it may be that a, um, you know, a husband has been convicted. Uh, maybe it is adultery. Maybe it is a, a physical affair with someone or maybe it's pornography or whatever. He may want to go talk to his wife about it. And, and his heart is, hey, I've been convicted. I need to do this. But if he's not thoughtful about the way that he does it, he may add extra pain uh-huh. to an already mm-hmm. painful situation. Mm. Or he could... Um, in an effort just to unload his own burden of the conviction, he may take that burden off of his shoulders and then place it on hers Mm. without giving much thought to it. So my recommendation would be before you just run and confess automatically that you seek some godly counsel around you that may be a a close friend that is walking with the Lord. It may be a pastor. It may be a small group leader or something like that. It may be a counselor to sit down with them and to walk through, here's what's going on. I, I feel led to confess this, but I need some help and some guidance and how to, mm-hmm. especially when you get into children, because there, there's an age appropriateness to that in terms of what kids do or don't need to hear. Uh, so it's just good to have some somebody else in your life. And, and again, somebody that's walking with the Lord, because if you go to someone who's not, uh-huh. you can get all sorts of guidance and advice that may be completely contrary to Scripture, completely you know, mm. detrimental to the relationship. Uh, so it matters who you go to. Yeah. So could I just ask a follow-up mm-hmm. question sure. to make sure people heard um, something and, and didn't hear something they shouldn't yeah. have? Um, is There's never a moment, there's never a situation where you should keep your sin unconfessed, right? No, 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 no. Uh, yeah. Okay. If, if that's what it sounded like, that is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it that didn't it, sound like to me. Yeah. I just I wanted to make sure right, because right, right. what you're saying is it's hard, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It, it is going to to cause struggle across the board. But that is no reason for you to say, well, you know what? I, I know I've caused enough harm in my heart. I'd hate to right, crush right, them. Right. I'm warning more against someone feeling conviction and just going and blurting yep. it out without right. any thought hmm. than I am I like about also, the person withdrawing and not confessing. It doesn't stop with the confession either. That, like that, that's not the way yeah, that's exactly right. that's there's, exactly there's right. so much more after that. Yeah, and if you're the person if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, I am the one who has offended the other person." Um, I think healthy expectations moving through this are important. Uh-huh. Uh, if your expectation is my confession alone uh-huh. should be enough. Yeah. Made me you, feel better. You should. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yeah. It made me yeah. feel better. So right. you should feel better, and you should just right. forgive me, and let's move forward. That's not a very healthy uh, right. or realistic expectation. That's mm-hmm. good. And Preston, so. you mentioned in there um, about you know having your group, you know, a yeah. small group, mm-hmm. life group. I just want to encourage people: if you're hearing this or heard the sermon, and you have no place to process this. Let us help you find a group. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that starts with a life group. It's several different, you know, lots of people that are a part of that. But out of that, you begin to find some relationships that are, you know, s- some of your people. Mm-hmm. And then as you engage that in a deeper way, you really find some people that you can trust and believe in mm-hmm. uh, that are walking with the Lord. They, they will encourage you, but they will, they will walk with you through these challenging seasons. So mm-hmm. if we can help you with that, let, let us help you find your group of people so that you do have some safe places mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to have this kind of conversation. That's, right. That's good. That's a good point. Okay. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, let me just say this real quick, going back to Chase, because I think it's right. I think sometimes um, we feel like if we can confess, like mm. you said, that we, we've, we've accomplished it, we're ready to move on. You said it, and we've talked about it, 
the the act of adultery, there were a thousand steps before that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Somewhere. In heart, right? Yeah. There's something going on in, in us, mm-hmm. all of us, that's broken. But in that instance, you want to go to the heart of the healing. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And part of the repair with your spouse is... I'm going to do the hard work to heal mm-hmm. what's going on in me. That's right. right. And right. if they don't sense in that in you and all they get is a confession and no pathway toward healing, yep. you're going to have a hard time moving toward a repaired yeah. relationship. That's yeah, right. And you're, you're only going to, if, if you don't fix the, the problem on the inside, you're going to act Keep out in another it. way. Yeah. Right. It may be different than, right. than this time or actually maybe the same. Right. And yeah. that is equally that's, as devastating because yeah. you just do damage over and over. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. And that's, that's a, usually where the spouse is coming from. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're not going to take the time to really dig into what happened leading up to this, how can I feel safe moving that's forward? Right. How can I feel like this is nothing more than you just making a quick apology uh-huh. and trying to get... And typically, it, from what I've seen in the counseling world, the person who is confessing they usually do want to move faster. I've confessed now. Let's let's move forward. Let's get on the other Just side. The it. other person usually is like, wait, <laughs> slow down. Mm-hmm. Let's go back and figure out what's going on here. And there's right. a there's a tension in that. You sure. know, I, I equate it to reading a book. If you turn the page too soon to the new chapter and miss what happened on the last page of the last chapter. You're lost throughout the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. At the same time, at some point, you got to you got <laughs> to turn, turn the page, page to the new yeah. chapter. Right. Right. So let's let's talk for Good a word. minute uh, about because uh, because uh, we have talked about okay if 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 this is something you're feeling convicted about and you need to confess or you know best practice related to that and how do we, how do we go about that? But the other side of that, the person who has been victimized or or uh, uh, affected by adultery, like. What are some resources for them? Like, what mm-hmm. what do they do? Yeah, and some is going to be the same. Uh, some is going to be finding a trusted, strong believer. Uh, so it may be a kind of a mentor type in your life. It may be again someone in leadership in the church. It may be a counselor, because there are so many layers as they're walking through it. From you know the initial shock of hearing what happened to can I forgive this person? To do I trust this person? to be any different in the future than in the past? How do I know? How do I know where to trust and when to maybe kind of have that wise as a serpent uh, Mm -hmm. feel to it? And so no one needs to go through that alone. Mm -hmm. It can be just, it can just rack your brain trying to figure it all out. And so my encouragement would be very similar for that person. Don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Seek someone out who is walking with the Lord (laughs) and is going to turn you toward biblical principles Mm. Uh, to to be a sounding board, to be someone maybe to give some godly counsel in the process, to be someone to help you think through decisions before you make decisions. Um, mm. Yeah, don't do it alone. Can I ask a question? Sure. Go ahead. We all three want to ask questions. <laughs> we got 30 seconds left. Um, here, here's a question I have, and, and maybe you guys are going to ask this, maybe not. Um, I know that a lot of people would believe that church would say, uh, divorce is bad, marriage is good. We we agree that we yeah. we don't want to ever err on on divorce, uh, even with provisions. Like I think that was the point Jesus is making. Like even because there are just because Moses had a provision, one of the provisions where the people were so stubborn and hard at it, he was tired of right. hearing them. Mm-hmm. Just do what you want to do, right? So so there's a part of that. Um, but and whatever whatever uh, connection qualifier that we're going to move us to this next thought, um, it is. If, is there a scenario where um, a, a someone who is being cheated on, and the the the, the cheater is not repentant, mm-hmm. they are not broken, 
They they are continuing in sin and continuing to hurt to to hurt the spouse and to hurt the kids. Is there ever a scenario where you as a Christian counselor, where you as a, a brother would tell them, get out and get safe? Yes. Yes. I mean, the short answer is yes. Uh, and again, that's why there's so many scenarios out there, but there are times where it is not healthy in a physical way, in a spiritual way, in an emotional way for a person to stay because that, that other that's essentially giving license to the other person right. to live in unrepentance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the thing that's going to change the other person is the consequence, is the person stepping away and saying, I'm not going to let you do this to me or to our family anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping away. You need to get help. And often that is what leads a person to get help. Whereas yeah. if they can continue doing what they're doing, uh, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why change? Why change, right? Yes. I think that's so healthy, and I'm sorry, but I just got to say this because I know they're probably <laughs> – I know that wrapped up in this, and the church has not always done a great job. We just need to be honest that's about right. that. We have not yeah. done a good job of loving those who have been mm-hmm. through a divorce mm-hmm. and or who, who have been on the other side of adultery. Yeah. And what, what I know happens a lot of times is there's a lot of shame yes. that goes with it because I feel like I have not done good enough. And so my spouse went to look for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there must be something wrong with me. The church is going to be against me because I've been through, a, 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 you know, I've been through divorce. Mm-hmm. So they pull back in isolation, and part of that is valid. The church has not done a good job over the last fifty years right. of, of engaging. Right. Right. But I would say if that was you to yesterday or Sunday. Let us walk with you. That's Let right. us help you heal. Step out of the shame mm-hmm. and don't feel like you have to hide. That's right. Um, we want to love you well and, that's right. because that's it, good it hurts. Mm-hmm. Good word. That's, good. Now, that's exactly what I was – the tendency, I think, is hide. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I believe with all my heart there are people listening right now that are hiding. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, yeah. and the shame, it's so heavy. I think the worst thing you can do is hide. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, take a step. Take a step towards someone mm-hmm. that can walk with you and love you. It may be a pastor, counselor, what, whatever it is, that trusted person. But walk toward them and allow them to, to help you carry that burden mm-hmm. and walk that thing out in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. It's good. It's good. Great discussion, guys. Uh, again, I, I think we could sit here for a long time, and there are a lot of a lot of places we could go with this. But um, uh, so, I, I just want to do a quick plug uh, right now for uh, the Center for Hope and Healing. So, mm-hmm. if this is if this is something that that is a, is a part of your story, uh, whether you are the adulterer or the recipient of uh, or the victim of adultery, um, you know. Uh, the Center for Hope and Healing is there, and we've got lots of people who, who would mm-hmm. love to, to walk with you through that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we want to talk for just a moment about uh, something that's coming up with the men's ministry, yes. Jay, right? Yes, we have Around the Table. Uh, it's just another opportunity to, for guys to find their people. Um, we'll have that on February the 27th, and we will be together in the venue, 6.30 a.m., Chick-fil-A yes. will, will be the, the gift of uh, the Lord's more. Chicken. Yes. So you can uh, go to broadmoor.org slash connect, and you can sign up to join us on that day. Uh, again, can't promote it enough that uh, you know if there's a guy out there living in isolation and you just need to meet some, some friends, great place just to sit around the table, hang out with some other guys, mm-hmm. share a, a chicken biscuit, and some great conversation. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, guys, uh, great discussion. Always good being in here with you, and uh, love love walking life, walking in life. 
alongside. I love Walk of Life too. I love yeah, that too. Do the Walk of Life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, until next week. See you guys. See you guys. Yes. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.